Hello everyone and welcome to the Arsenal way and yes we are back at you with your daily Arsenal agenda show your daily show from 9.30am Monday to Friday and of course Chris, Daven, Chris Davison sorry is here with me Chris how are you? Yeah I'm good thank you mate how are you? Yeah I'm all good I'm all good and I think of course the Champions League the first leg or the first few games are over now and it's the hot topic of discussion and Arsenal are part of that discussion not there yet but maybe next season and it's something Thierry Henry says it's an absolute must if we don't finish in top four it's a failure it's a failure now Henry's been quite vocal with his Arsenal comments this season and is he right this time Chris by saying it's an it's an absolute must to get top four I think we've been saying it's an absolute must for the last few few seasons where we've been without UEFA Champions League football I mean <clears throat> excuse me luckily we're we're fortunate aren't we to to be a big club with with wealthy owners, you know, a lot of the things that we do isn't always dependent on Champions League football. We can still attract big names and 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 do and run as a, a normal football club without it. Obviously, we've been in the Europa League as well, which of course, I mean, it isn't the ultimate European competition to be in, but it's it's better than nothing. Which we've found out obviously over the over the last couple of seasons with with, with um, two consecutive play, places in eighth place, of course, in the league. No European football. I think originally that was for the first time in over 25 years or around 25 years. So, you know, it's it's been a difficult period because obviously, you know, this generation of supporters and for us included in that, we've been used to European football at the Emirates every season. And over the last couple of seasons, we haven't had that. So that that is unacceptable. Uh, let's be plain and clear about that. That's nowhere near good enough. Um, for a stature of, of this football club. Um, and it's absolutely key that we get back to it um, as soon as possible. Look, of course, Champions League is the dream. It's the, the ultimate target. We want to be back there. That's the, the, you know, the main competition that everyone wants to be in, of course, um, in, in football. But uh, if we can't get that this season, then I know, again, it's it's not the most ideal place to be. We want to be higher than that, but a Europa League spot is is the next best thing. And whether you like it or not, it, it's at the end of the day uh, a step in the right direction from where we've been over the last couple of seasons. So I, I don't think Champions League this season is a must, if I'm being perfectly honest, because even if we get Europa League, it's still better than nothing. It's better than what we've been having over the last couple of seasons. I get why there's an urge to get in the Champions League. Have we got an absolutely fantastic opportunity to secure a Champions League spot this season? Absolutely. So I wouldn't, if we were to miss out, I'd say it's, a, it's simply a missed opportunity. And again, um, kind of shot ourselves in the foot a little bit if we aren't able to achieve it. But um, Arsenal Football Club, Club can, can survive ultimately without Champions League football for a little bit longer. Um, but uh, of course, we want to be getting there sooner rather than later. And this season is a brilliant opportunity. But if we don't and we have to settle for Europa League, for example, then again, it's still better than what we've had over the last couple of seasons. And ultimately, you know, with the work we've done in the transfer window and the squad overhaul that's been taking place, lots of new faces, young team, the youngest Premier League team, you know, getting in back into the Europa League after being absent from it over the last couple of seasons is, is an achievement. It's a step in the right direction. But, um, you know, that's not me saying that that's where our ambition should lie. Our ambition should always lie getting that Champions League spot. But, um, you know, I, I would only see us missing out on it as a sort of a missed opportunity this season, nothing more. 
Yeah, <clears throat> sorry, I completely agree with you there. And uh, before we do move on, I just want to say good morning to people in the comment section. Good morning to Graham. Good morning to Finney. Good morning to Mark, Stevie, Marcus. And yeah, Chris, I completely agree with you. I think Henri's words as a failure, I think that's too harsh. I'd say a disappointment, yes. I think I'd be disappointed if we didn't get top four, especially now where it's in our hands and it's, we have the we have the greatest advantage, basically. We're not playing in Europe. We haven't got any, any cup competitions compared to our, our competitors for that position. But to call it a failure would be a bit, too harsh because I think our initial target was a top six place and as you said Europa League it's not the greatest but it's a step in the right direction so I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a failure I think that is too harsh but another manager who's been talking about the top four race and the proceedings going on and on the other side of North London Tottenham Antonio Conte now his comments yesterday were pretty interesting for more than one reason firstly Chris he says the squad his squad has weakened coming out of the Johnny Chance window rather than his strength. And now, some people said that about Arsenal, but Conte's comments were quite brutal, quite honest. I don't see Arteta doing the same, really. Do you? No, I don't think so. And obviously, Arteta's already spoken out since January and he's pretty much confirmed that Edu and his recruitment team have been working very hard. They've done an excellent job. Um, and I think Vinay Venkatsham, the chief exec, said uh, at the fans' forum the other night that they were looking to maybe bring some of the summer plans forward into last month, but it just wasn't possible. And as Arteta has said, and as, as Vinay also touched on, they only want the best players at this football club. They want to stick to their guns, stick to their plans as much as possible. I think the quotes that have come out of the club very much seem to confirm that they're, they've come away from this panic buying scenario in the transfer window. If, Look, they're either going to get someone or they're not, um, or should I say when that, that someone is, that would be their perfect or their their ideal signing, a long-term target. But if they can't get them, then they're just going to settle without. So uh, you can look at it in two ways as a fan, can't you? can still turn around and, and say, look, oh, well, I'm still disappointed we didn't get anyone in. We let Aubameyang go. We let Ainsley Mate and Niles go. Um, two... Obviously, Bamiang was more of a key player, of course. He was the big one to really depart. But obviously, with Ainsley Maitland-Niles and his versatility all over the pitch and midfield, uh, right back as well, right wing back, we lot of, lost a bit more depth in those areas. And, you know, we were linked with quite a few players. When Artur Milo at Juventus, Dusan Vlahovic, who's obviously now gone to Juventus as well. Um, and seeing how, how quickly he's got off um there is a, a bit painful to see it is um it can't lie about that but look um what where it does leave us is in a really strong position to have a big big summer and i think we will do that i can see it being another um another big one in, in terms of the numbers that we bring in um i'm not sure if we'll, it will be a case of bringing in another six players as we did last summer but i can see us getting at least three four through the door uh, of course that depends on other departures as well um if Lacazette and Nketia both go then all of a sudden you need two strikers not one for example so a lot's going to hinder on that of course but yeah i know i think arteta and the club um with those above him have been quite vocal in a positive way about January but whereas on the other hand Antonio Conte which let's be honest it's no surprise we know he 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 relishes on being backed by those above him backed by the board the, uh, the club he's at and if he doesn't get his players through the door he, he becomes a very unhappy man I think he should have thought a bit better about that um, and thought a bit more about that before taking the, the Tottenham job because I mean, we're not even obviously closely associated with the club, are we? But we know it's been always widely reported that 
Daniel Levy it can be tight with money, resources are tight as it is after the, obviously the, the new stadium was built. Um, and uh, yeah, they haven't made enough transactions and, and I suppose they've made similar mistakes to us in the transfer market by spending a lot of money on several different players that, in fairness, just haven't been good enough for them. So yeah, it, I, I can't say I, I feel any... Um, I feel sorry uh, for, for Conte. Um, he knew what he was going into and he should have done a bit more research before taking the job because really it doesn't take an expert to figure out that money was always going to be tight for him to spend and really the squad he was inheriting isn't all that, is it? So, um, yeah, I mean, look, let's hope um, their their misfortune and their their bad luck continues for the rest of the season because obviously they're still... Um, amongst the, one of the clubs aiming for those European places um, between now and the end of the season and we've just got to hope that they continue slipping up yeah, in, in the Spursy fashion. In the Spursy fashion indeed, I hope so. so I think those comments were quite, yeah, telling. I don't think Conte needs to do that and as you said, he knew what he's getting himself into so now he's complaining. Conte, you signed the contract yourself, you got into that situation, you know what Daniel Levy's like so now you're complaining, that's a shame really but as an Arsenal fan, I'm not complaining. I think it Shows the difference between the toxic atmosphere in Tottenham's dressing room and the Arsenal dressing room because the togetherness at Arsenal just seems much more, much more clear now than the one at Tottenham for Conte to actually come out to the media and criticise Daniel Levy and the Tottenham board for for not backing his ideas is interesting and it is worrying as well. And Chris, do you think this could have could sway in into the top four race? Do you think Arsenal could benefit from benefit from this? Sorry, do you think Tottenham could maybe even hinder it could hinder Tottenham's chances at top four possibly? Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean. <laughs> I think with the way how things have gone since Conte took over, obviously results they improved slightly to begin with, but obviously now they're they're struggling in the league um, and hit, have hit a bit of a, a stumbling block, really. Uh, and of course, now in addition to that, you've got Conte's um, uh, unhappiness with the transfer window and basically saying he doesn't feel he was backed enough last month and the weaker is the, the squad now sorry is weaker than than it was before going into the market so yeah that i don't think that will go down too well with those above him if i'm being honest i'm sure they're all familiar that conte you know with his personality his character he is usually quite open about these things and always the same with conte when it comes to transfers um, if, he, like I said a moment ago, if he doesn't get backed properly or enough to his satisfaction, if he he doesn't get the, the players that he actually wants, and usually you associate Italian players that he's worked with prior, um, whether that was at Chelsea, um, Inter Milan, of course, Juventus. If he doesn't get players he's familiar with and he's he's worked closely with before, um, or he feels that can fit into his system, then he becomes a very unhappy man. He throws his toys out of the pram, and it's not the first time we've seen it. I actually thought that um, Kulusevski and Bentancur coming in at Spurs were decent additions, not world class, maybe not top quality additions, but you know they, they adds more depth and a bit more quality to their team as they you know are hoping to achieve exactly the same as us and get those European places, the top four, top five. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean neither has really got off to a good start. I mean Bentoncourt and his debut, I think, looked quite sharp, but Kulusevski struggled, and um, ever since the the first game he played, Bentoncourt struggled just like the rest of the squad really. So um, yeah, uh, n- not the, the the best few weeks for Tottenham, and long may it continue. For all I care, I think it's brilliant. 
It is brilliant. You, you can't complain. You can't complain, to be honest. First, that's in a great position. And just sticking on transfers and the top four situation, but many a transfer situation. Now, today it came out that Newcastle are lining up a £45 million bid for Eberichi Eze, Eze sorry, from Crystal Palace. And recently, it was uh, Eze done a YouTube video, I think it was with Rising Ballers, where he confirmed that it was his dream to play for Arsenal and uh, where he got released as a kid. And I've always believed that personally that Arsenal have always had the opportunity to sign him. Now, Chris, with him being available for £45 million, is this something you would, if you was Mikko Arteta, is this something you would look into maybe in the summer to try and steal, steal the deal? Yeah, I mean, possibly. Um, look, I, I think when we talk about players becoming available and, you know, maybe last-minute things sort of like this... Obviously, they'll always be in the plans of, of, of clubs. But for me, with how Arsenal have been operating over the last couple of transfer windows and the fact that we didn't sort of change plans drastically last month, I really do feel as if Arsenal are going to try and stick to their guns as much as possible and stick to their original plans. But I mean, if top class players become available yeah. in the summer, which we've seen before happen, obviously, it can be quite a regular thing. Contract talks break down players puts in a transfer request or they just simply you know they just simply want to move on to new new things new challenges then you've always got to keep keep your eye open um but yeah i mean i think you know the central midfield area and the two striker or should i, should I say the, the one striker position at the moment potentially a couple of, of, of slots to become available come the end of the season depending on what happens with lacquer and eddie you know they've got to be viewed as the priorities um and, uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But I think Arsenal got a very clear plan in place. I think actually that's another thing Vinay, Vin Ketisham touched on the other night. They have they have a plan in place for the summer. They have a very clear idea of what they want to do, what they hope to achieve. And uh, I think they'll they'll look to follow that to the, in the best of their ability. Um, because I think if Arsenal were a club that were... I think they can still be flexible to opportunities that arise in the market. Obviously, Arteta has mentioned that before. You know, they'll always, despite them not actually planning on doing anything, they'll they'll keep an eye out and um, be open to, to things changing, of course. But I think when it comes to the summer transfer window and the fact that they didn't do anything last month and, you know, didn't panic by, they were very determined to, to stick with their plans. I think uh, it's important for Arsenal to, to do that in the summer. I think... Obviously, between now, it's a good opportunity to to maybe make contact with players, agents and players themselves or, or the respective clubs. Um, maybe not directly to the player because that probably won't go do, down too well with their clubs. But, um, you know, it's, it's a good opportunity now for Eddie's recruitment team just to sound out a few possibilities, um, get some things lined up and then hopefully we can have a really quick start to the summer. I think that's going to be crucial because, you know, we've got quite a thin squad when you think about it. And obviously, we've got some ongoing contract situations which remain up in the air. So I do think, you know, just finding that stability come the end of the season, going into those early stages of the transfer window and very much for when the pre-season starts, Arteta's got a few new players in the squad. They're, they're mixing in, they're settling in. I think that's going to be key. Um, so hopefully, you know, Arsenal have a a good enough plan in place, which I'm sure they will do and, and they can execute it really well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We do have a plan in place. So yeah, as you said, if a good player does come available and sometimes it's good to stay away from the initial plan. But once again, I feel like from Fina's comments recently, I feel like we do have a clear plan and I hope we do stick to those plans and get the players we do need. But 
Of course, before we do end the show, Chris, I just want to speak about the Brentford game and the importance because it feels like between the break between every game, it feels like an international break or a winter break right now. We have one game and it's like, oh, we can't get going. We have to wait another couple of weeks. And just how important is it? Because after this Brentford game, we will start, be, we will start playing more regularly. So how important is it, for Chris, that we really do get hit the ground running against Brentford on Saturday? Oh, it's crucial, you know, and I think... <laughs> every game I, I know I've said it before Bailey but really you've got to look at every game as a cup final between now and the end of the season now as I said earlier at the start of the show we're in with a fantastic chance of securing a top four place getting Champions League football back at the Emirates next season and I think you know of course on top of that results is one thing we've got to always look to get the three points as much as possible that of course is the the, the big bonus and that helps to, you know, in achieving our goal and our, our ultimate target. But at the same time, you know, it's important to keep an eye on what club the clubs are doing around us and how results are going for them. Obviously, West Ham, Tottenham, um, etc. They're they're up and down at the moment, of course, and um, Man United, of course, they're. They obviously got that result against Brighton, but still, you never know what they're going to produce each week. So, we're, we're in we're in with a really good chance. I think that the most important thing is we've just got to to focus on our game, um, stick to our plans, take each game as it comes, and always just give one hundred and ten percent. That's all I ask for. And I, I appreciate, you know, certain games between now and the end of the season are going to be tough, um, and we may be the underdogs in in a couple of them, but. Um, I think, you know, that Wolves game last week, it was always going to be tough, going to a tough away ground, a bit, you know, a strong um, team overall, and we know the quality that Wolves possess. But um, we dug deep, we shoot we, um, grit and determination to get over the line, and, and we did that, and I think we, we're going to need to do that a few more times this season. Um, but I mean, that gave me a bit, of, a little bit of reassurance, a little bit of motivation that this squad is capable of of doing that. And um, hopefully, yeah, you know, when those moments where we do need to show focus and and determination to to you know just give absolutely everything to get the result, um, no matter if it's a good or bad performance. At the end of the day, it's the three points that matter. So hopefully, the the fact that a few teams around us are starting to struggle a little bit and you know, we're, um, we're at home at the weekend against Brentford, who, again, have not been doing great recently. It's a big opportunity for us to to continue the, the confidence from that Wolves game and, and really carry on climbing up that table and gaining valuable points between now and the end of the season. It's crucial. Absolutely. It's crucial indeed. And before we do end the show, we're going to touch on to you guys, just a question or two from you guys. And Graham Cordwell asked Chris, do you think Arsenal have deals already in place for certain players this summer? For example, a certain player will come if we are in the Champions League or the Europa League. Um, <clears throat> it's hard to say because obviously we've just come out of the back of the the January window. Uh, I don't think we'll have a player in place to come in um, just yet, apart from Matt Turner. Obviously, we, that's been widely reported, including obviously Chris Wheatley at Football London that uh, a deal is in place. Um, I think Kaya as well um, actually said that a, a deal will be confirmed in the summer once medicals, etc., have taken place. So, of, of course, we can't forget about him. That's that's pretty much over the line and he'll be coming through the door at the end of the season. Um, in terms of other players, though, I, I don't think we'll have 
a deal in place at the moment for for anyone else. Um, I think the Gunners will just wait until the end of the season, see where things are at, in particular with Lacazette, Eddie and Ketia. I think they'll they'll be looking to see what happens with El Nenny's contract situation as well. Um, another story that Chris Reitley has reported is that Roma are expected to come back in for Granite Xhaka as well. So there's there's lots of different things that I think the club will be keeping an eye on. And then, like I said, and as I often say with the transfer window, and we often see the domino effect, one thing leading to another, that will play a key role again. So I don't think we'll have anyone else lined up in terms of, you know, agreeing a deal ahead of the summer. I think they'll be on a long list of names and we'll have different options available to us. I think that we'll get to the end of the season, try and figure out different contract situations, see if Roma do indeed come back into in for Granite as well. Um, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, what I am confident, though, about Graham is that Arsenal will have several names on, on a long list of, of players for diff- several different positions, and we'll, be, we'll have a plan in place for each scenario, I think. Um, and obviously, obviously the, the fact that the contracts are running down with, with Lacaredi and, and, and Mo, it gives us a bit more, um, you know, it gives us a bit more of a warning, doesn't it? And a bit more of a a lead way in terms of you know, putting plans in place for, for them potentially leaving. Um, because as it stands, it doesn't seem as if there's any sort of imminent breakthrough with them in terms of their contracts and stuff. So I think the club will be planning for the eventual outcome of them leaving and then we'll have people lined up, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. And Faraj, uh, Felinko asked, what do you think of Sasa Kalasic as our new number nine, Chris? <laughs> Who's that? Sorry, Sasso Kalasic apparently as our new number nine. Um, uh, I, I don't no know. I'm just asking if you know him. I have no clue. Kalasic isn't. Um, I think I'm thinking of someone else, a striker. Yeah, um, forget me. I'm thinking of someone else who I thought played for AC Milan. Um, I don't think that's who that that is. Um, I'll probably I'll probably recognise it a bit more if I saw the name, Maybe. but um, yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. I'll Google him after this, and I'll <laughs> I'll get back to you. Um, but I know I know our fans can come up with some some good uh, good. You know, yeah, I, I can't say I'm <laughs> can't say I'm familiar with him to be honest. Um, no, um, but yeah, look, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, I'm sure he's a talented player. As I say, our fans can come up with some very interesting links and some interesting names that I think we should put to Edu and the board. So, um, but I'll Google him. I'll Google him after this, and uh, yeah, I'll um, I'll get back to you on that one. Yeah, Faraj Filinka said he plays for Stuttgart apparently, so he's in the Bundesliga. But yeah, hopefully we hear of his name soon. Maybe Eddie, I've just seen that comment. Six foot seven, Bailey. Six foot Six seven. Foot seven you this do guy. Need a player with aerial dominance, and exactly been, perfect. You have been calling out for that. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, get him. Get him in. Get him in, indeed. Get him in. But guys, we're going to end the show there. Thank you very much. Make sure you like and subscribe. Of course, Chris, got to thank you almost. Thank you, mate, for jumping on the show too. Yeah, I appreciate it, mate, as always. And um, thank you to everyone tuning in this morning, getting getting, uh, getting your comments in. Appreciate it as always. And hope everyone has a good day. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Make sure you like, subscribe, and most importantly, make sure you keep following us down the Arsenal way.